Good sports world. Welcome to the Family Feud Sports Podcast and our weekly fantasy football deep sleepers and waiver wire ads podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the mad journalist. With me, as always, the godfather, Mr. Alan Dell, former Tampa Bay Bucks beat writer, and jumping into our biggest waiver wire ads of the week. We've got a big week ahead, a big day already behind us with the NFL's trade deadline passing at 4 p.m. Eastern time on Tuesday as we're recording this podcast. We hope to get this podcast out late tonight in the early Wednesday morning hours. And since this is a deep sleepers podcast, a lot of these players are still going to be available on the waivers if your claims go through after Wednesday or if you already put in claims and you're looking to make extra pickups during the week. As always, we're talking about players owned in a low percentage of ESPN PPR leagues. We're using ESPN as a standard percentage format for player ownership. And I'm actually changing the rules this week and going forward and moving it for players. We had originally players owned in 25% or less of leagues. Now it's going to be players only owned in less than 20% of leagues. Talking about 12-team minimum, up to 14, 16 teams or more. Jumping into position-by-position breakdown, I'm going to give you a few players at each position and how I rank them as well as my deeper-than-deep sleepers, which is players owned in less than 1% of leagues at each position. First and foremost, sitting with me, the godfather, Mr. Allen Dell. Uh, Another lucky win for your fantasy team off the 6-2 and this season, man. Your boy Goskowski came through for you the other night. Definitely lucky. I'm feeling the luck. Uh, What can you do? I'm just excited to be here. Can't turn it down. Uh, I feel a little unlucky uh, with the trade today where Golden Tate went to the Eagles because I've got Nelson Aguilar. In my opinion, that sucks. They both uh, like the slot. Both have played 60% of the snaps in the last couple years. They both had from inside the slot, so someone's going to have to move out. Even though, according to Pro Football Focus, both actually have better numbers from outside from outside rather than the slot. Yeah, that's well that's interesting there. It's it's who's going to be the third option? You figure it's going to be Golden Tate behind Alshon Jeffrey and Zach Ertz, but I feel like in this situation it could equally benefit both because Aguilar could get more freed up on the outside. He's got more of that burner speed down the field. Maybe he's better suited to play outside whereas Tate can go into the slot. And I think that could be – it's definitely going to make the Eagles' offense better overall. I think the biggest beneficiary fantasy-wise in that trade is Carson Wentz. Word. And And speaking of Wentz and talking about quarterbacks, remember, this is only players owned in 20% or less of ESPN PPR leagues. I'm going to tell you my first pickup of the week and, and starting off at a higher percentage, Derek Carr, 154 percent owned came back with his best game of the season after trade rumors after is he going to be benched the Raiders trading away Amari Cooper to the Dallas Cowboys Derek Carr no turnovers three touchdowns 244 yards against the Indianapolis Colts at home albeit in a loss I know because I played the Colts D against the Raiders and that made me lose my fantasy matchup whereas if I would have played the Chiefs the Redskins I would have had an easy victory but Without further ado, Derek Carr, I think he's a better quarterback in that system without having to force feed the ball to Amari Cooper and just doing simple checkdowns to Jalen Richard, cross routes, simple across the middle of the field to guys like Seth Roberts, Brandon LaFell, not to mention Jared Cook, that kind of West Coast dink and dunk short pass offense. Now he's freed up, I think, a lot less pressure on him to feed the number one guy who was Cooper in that offense. Number two, your boy, Mr. Allendale, Marcus Mariota, former first-round draft pick. Marcus Mariota sitting at 14.6% ownership. You figure with him, the Titans are coming off the bye week after the game in London, which 
A lot of people say they should have won if it wasn't for that two-point attempt at the end of the game or at least would have forced overtime. But Marcus Mariota, maybe he starts playing better now that he's had a bye week behind him. Maybe his fingers start to feel a little better in addition to all the other myriad of injuries he's faced this year. And he has a decent schedule with with games. This this week's tough, going to be at Dallas on Monday Night Football, but he's got New England at home, not a very great pass defense. He's got the Colts, Texans, Jets. Jaguars aren't so tough, and then Giants and Redskins to close out the fantasy season. So still a lot of upside yeah. with, with Mariota. It's funny you mention Mariota because it brings me back to 2015 draft when Jameis Winston was number one and Mariota was number two, and there were all these debates. Well, who should you take? And look at both of them now. You're making me look uh, bad, man. Mariota's been uh, like a Red Cross victim. What y'all smoking on? Jameis Winston has been benched. For inaccuracy, among other things. Among other things as, as well. And I'm going to give you five guys at the quarterback position. My third guy is Case Keenum. I actually think his prospects go up. Another example of not having to feed the, the name on the back of the jersey with now Demarius Thomas being traded to the Texans. I think that frees things up in this Broncos offense to get a more talented receiver involved, which is Cortland Sutton, the rookie. And I think being able to give more targets to Sutton and have him make plays with his athleticism is only going to benefit the numbers of Case Keenum moving forward. Not to mention Chad Kelly getting arrested a few weeks ago, plopping on some random neighbor's couch at 3 or 4 in the morning and getting arrested. He's we got high. another arrest with Kyle Laletta, but let's, let's, let's forget yeah, about those backups getting arrested now. Yeah, well, it was interesting. Thomas ranks 42nd among wide receivers in fantasy points per game. Will Fuller, the man who is replacing uh, rank 22nd. What about up Chuck Kamalu? So think about that. Yeah, well, it's just it's 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 an interesting replacement because Demarius Thomas he's he's considered an older guy, right? He's old, and Will Fuller's you know second year in the league, former first round draft pick himself, with blazing speed down the field. If he's healthy, he was bothered by a hamstring a few weeks this year. But will Thomas be able to fill that role that Fuller had? I think he's a good player. I don't know if he's going to be able to be that burner downfield that Fuller was, but hey. It's a better situation for Demarius Thomas with Deshaun Watson throwing in the ball than it is Case Keenum going throwing the ball. But I think Case Keenum improves with Sutton's emergence in the Broncos' offense. Another guy I'm going to mention here, number four, is C.J. Beathard, 7.2% owned. He, he's had a couple down weeks the last few weeks, only 6.1 against the Rams and then 12.5 this past week. But he's got the Raiders at, at home on Thursday night football, a bad, a bad defense in the Raiders there. He plays at Tampa Bay coming off the bye in week 12. If you need a streamer for any of those weeks, you need to play the matchups. A lot of garbage time points could await C.J. Beathard, although what worries me is that he's had less than 200 yards passing in each of his last two games. He's at the bottom of my list. And then number one overall, the lowest percentage owned, but number one quarterback, in my opinion, to add, I think we all know who it is, is Fitzmagic. The, the bearded wonder, Ryan Fitzpatrick getting back into the game, nearly leading a miracle comeback for the Buccaneers over the Bengals this past weekend at Paul Brown Stadium. And you look at the offense, every skill position is performing better for the Bucks under Fitzpatrick compared to Jameis Winston. You just mentioned Winston coming out of that draft with Mariota has had just ridiculous turnover problems. I think he leads the league in turnovers this year interception-wise, uh, tied with Sam Darnold, but yet he's played half the games Sam Darnold's played. So I mean, how very is that? bad numbers when you're looking at Winston's side of things. And with the Bucks, I don't think Winston's going to come back in because I'm sure you know a little bit about this, Mr. Allen. You, you used to cover the Bucks, but Winston has an injury clause in his contract where if he gets hurt, they have to pay him next year. So if they bench him now – and they don't put him back in the rest of the season, they're completely off the hook to pay him that money. How do you pay, and I think man? that's what the Bucks uh, want to do. Well, that's interesting. I haven't heard that one. That's an interesting 
Conspiracy theory. Uh, I don't know about conspiracy. That, that's that's written in ink, my man. That that's that's contract right there. And I think if the Bucks were smart, they've seen Winston's not the franchise quarterback through a few games. Not to mention the off the field issues. Let it ride with Fitz Magic. Find another quarterback in the offseason, whether it's the draft, free you agency, want to say or a trade. Trade him too. Uh, he might have some value if he plays. So. Yeah, that's that, then again, that's a he good might point. have some value if he doesn't play. So yeah, well, you, you want you wonder they, they had inquiries about Fitzpatrick trying people trying to trade yeah, for well, him before the deadline, not? but. They obviously kept him. It's, so. uh, Magic is the number one backup quarterback in the league. There's no question. I mean, he had it. 20 fantasy points in less than one half against the Bengals this past weekend. You look at his three starts, 42.3 points, 30 points, 25.1. I'm debating how high up my waiver claims do I want to claim Fitzpatrick this week because even though I have Patrick Mahomes, or let's say you have an elite option like an Andrew Luck, or even like a, a Trubisky, a Wentz, a Aaron Rodgers, for example, Tom Brady, et cetera, et cetera. How high do you put in a claim for Fitzpatrick as an injury insurance or as a bye week fill-in for guys who have their buy in week 12, for example, Mahomes and Jared Goff, the Rams and Chiefs, both with, both with a buy in week 12. So it's interesting to see as the playoffs start to get near, every single week before the playoffs becomes that much more important, even if it's just starting a guy for one week. Fitzpatrick's top at a quarterback, hands down, only owning 6% of ESPN leagues at the moment. And then my deeper than deep sleeper, it was going to be Kyle Laletta until he was trying to elude cops and avoid arrest last night. Apparently these backup quarterbacks, Mr. Chad Kelly and Kyle Laletta getting crazy. Laletta's off my list now because I don't see what these off the field legal issues of him ever replacing, of him ever replacing Eli Manning this season. So let's forget about that. There is no quarterback under 1% own ESPN leagues that I recommend. The lowest I can go is recommending your boy, Mr. Allendell, 2.6% own. Josh, the chosen Rosen, Great had his can, best homie. fantasy day of the year, and I think it coincides perfectly with Byron Leftwich's first game calling plays as the new OC in, in Arizona. 19.3 fantasy points for Rosen. Career high, 252 yards passing. First game with two touchdowns in his career. Only had one pick, so as opposed to five turnovers the week before against Denver. He's got the bye this week. More time for him to get in sync with Leftwich and that play calling. They're giving the ball to Fitzgerald and David Johnson more, which is what they need to do. And very favorable defenses coming off the bye. Week 10 at Kansas City, week 11 against the Raiders. I'll take Rosen as a streamer in both of those weeks. Josh Rosen is my deeper-than-deep sleeper at quarterback, only 2.6% own, worth a pickup if you're looking for someone besides Fitzpatrick as a bye week fill-in or if you simply need the quarterback help or in a two-quarterback league. Moving on to running back, we're going to talk about my number one pickup is a guy who's only owned in 4.3% of leagues, and that's the Jets' Elijah McGuire, who's expected to be activated off the IR. Bilal Powell obviously out for the year with that season-ending neck injury. Thank God it wasn't a career-ending injury for Bilal Powell, but Elijah McGuire is a guy who some of the coaches in the preseason compared to LaDainian Tomlinson in terms of his skill set. You know if the coaches are talking that much about him, he's got a chance to come out and make some plays and get the opportunity. Opportunity is what fantasy is all about for sure. Elijah McGuire has yet to play a snap this season, but he had some nice games last year. If he comes into that third down role, becomes that dink and dunk option for Darnold, garbage time points when they're trailing big. I think McGuire could be fantasy relevant as a flex option, low-end RB2 option, but playing behind a pedestrian running back in Crowell who, without hitting those big runs, he's been kind of boring at the fantasy running back position this year, to say the least. A couple other guys, Devontae Booker, 11.6%. 
obviously with Royce Freeman out. I think Booker's a way better third-down passing back than Freeman is, and Lindsey as the number one lead back. I think it's perfect to have Booker as the third-down back as opposed to Freeman, so he's a viable flex play in a deep league as long as Freeman remains injured with a high ankle sprain. Deontay Foreman's a guy we've mentioned a few times in the past. He should be activated any time on the active roster for the Houston Texans, although Lamar Miller playing well these last two weeks could put a hamper on Foreman taking those lead back duties anytime soon, except especially coming off that Achilles injury that he's had. Spencer Ware, Malcolm Brown, Rod Smith, John Kelly, handcuff, 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 handcuff. It's handcuff season in the NFL. All right, if you do not have your best running back handcuffed on your team, which means having his backup on your roster, on your bench in case of an injury, I think you're making a mistake because you got to think, am I actually going to start these other guys that I'm putting on my bench that I'm picking off the waivers? You should be saving at least one to two roster spots for a handcuff. And you you notice I mentioned two Rams backup running backs because Malcolm Brown's been the backup for Gurley now, but they have the rookie John Kelly who had some great preseason games. And once it, let's say if, look, forbid, fantasy gods forbid, Gurley ever goes down with an injury, John Kelly will be activated for that next game. And it's going to be a real question as to how they split those touches between Malcolm Brown and John Kelly. As a Gurley owner myself, I'm inclined to almost put both of these guys on my bench. Ugh, you kidding putting me? two handcuffs with the same player on your bench, that's a tough thing. For now, I'm going to roster Malcolm Brown until anything changes. Hopefully, Gurley stays healthy, breaks all LT's records, and we move on from there. However, I just had to throw that out there. The other only guy on my list, my deeper-than-deep sleeper, Josh Adams, led the Eagles running backs in carries and yards this past week. Nine carries, 61 yards. Looked good. Rookie out of Notre Dame. He's more of that ground-and-pound, grinded-out option similar to Ajayi as opposed to these smaller guys like Clement and Smallwood who are more suited for third-down roles, in my opinion. Josh Adams, 0.4% owned. Any thoughts, Mr. Allendale, on, on, on the running back situation? Oh, it's, it's pretty thin right now. So, I mean, I'll tell you my thing, and, I, and this is why I feel like the luckiest man on this planet. I started Ronald Jones. <laughs> Anybody know him? He's from the Tampa Bay Bucks. And you won. And I won. <laughs> and he had, had 1.1 fantasy <laughs> points, so I, I figured I escaped from there. I, I'm going to stick with Javaris Allen. A lot of people think his uh, production is going to go down uh, now that Ty Montgomery is, is with Baltimore, but I, I don't think so. I think Ty is going to be more of a backup. So and and you got Naheem Hines, too, so yeah. another good PPR option to have. Yeah, well, on, and on I made bench. that trade for Kenyon Drake, and I don't know, folks, uh, I'm speaking to the master here. I don't know if he pulled a fast one on me. Get away from me, you little shit. I'll get him. If he did, he better sleep. Mr. Well, one eye open at night, but uh, he traded. I traded him Keenan Allen for Kenyon Drake. So we just completed a trade late last night. Mr. Allendale, you brought up the trade first. We were talking no, about. Did. We were talking about all weekend making a trade because you need running back help with Barkley on a bye. Your only running backs are Naheem Hines and Javorius Allen. Say hello, that's what that's what you call desperate for running back yeah. help. And yeah. on the waivers in our league, especially at all these guys we mentioned. There is no running back you can pick up this week and start right away. Josh Adams would be the only one, but the Eagles are on a bye. So you can't even start Josh Adams this week. Uh, so that, that, that's going to be a tough one right there for players owning less than 20% of leagues. In a 12-team league like we're, like we're in right now, you had Robert Woods, you had Jarvis Landry, and Keenan Allen. You traded me Allen straight up for Kenyon Drake. Well, only like time said, will tell, my friend. Only time will tell. You better sleep with one eye open. That's all I got. I hope say. I don't get the horse head in the bed, man. That's, that's, that's all I'm talking about right now. But, hey, man, Kenyon Drake's been coming on. Keenan Allen's had a little bit of a down year compared to where he was drafted. I think he was, what, your second pick? I traded for Kenyon Drake a few weeks back. I traded Deshaun Watson to get Kenyon Drake and Tariq Cohen. 
that worked out very well for me so far because now I've basically traded Deshaun Watson for Keenan Allen and Tariq Cohen. I feel pretty good about that right now. So moving on to tight end, we're going to do wide receiver last because that's the most names we're going to rattle off there. Tight end really quick. Chris Herndon, my top pickup of the week. He's had a touchdown in three straight games. And I think he makes it four straight because they're playing against the Dolphins. The Jets are. The Dolphins have allowed a lot of touchdowns, a lot of production at tight end this year. They, they allowed two touchdowns to Jordan Thomas, the backup tight end of the Texans on Thursday Night Football. Chris Herndon only owned in 5% of leagues, former Miami Hurricane product right there. Every week I mention Dallas Goddard. If you own Zach Ertz, in my opinion, you have to own Dallas Goddard. Rookie tight end out of South Dakota State. If Ertz ever missed a game or any type of playing time on the Eagles, Goddard would come in and be a straight beast at the tight end position. Hayden Hurst caught his first touchdown in the regular season action. Another rookie, very impressive guy. Out of South Carolina, 2.2% owned. I streamed him a few weeks back when he first got back into the field, but he's slowly working his way to become their lead tight end. The Ravens, uh, you talk about running back committees, the Ravens employ a four-person tight end committee, so it's very muddled there, but Hurst, the best, re- best receiving option out of all four of those guys for sure. Okay, Cameron Brait, 18.5%. I put him in there because Ryan Fitzpatrick's now the quarterback. I think that elevates the fantasy prospects of every single skill player on the Bucs offense. Antonio Gates, eh, a little bit of a boring type of plotter, but as the season goes on, weather gets cold, games get tougher. Phillip Rivers goes to the guys he trusts more, which I think are Gordon, Gates, and Keenan Allen. Then my two deeper-than-deep sleepers at tight end, Ed Dixon, you saw catch a touchdown in his first game back off of IR for the Seattle Seahawks. They need tight end help bad, 0.5% owned. And then I mentioned him, Jordan Thomas, who filled in for Ryan Griffin for the Texans. Will Fuller's out for the year on IR now. Deshaun Watson needs guys to throw the ball to. Jordan Thomas is an athletic tight end. He caught two touchdowns. That's not going to happen every week, but he could be worthwhile with a good quarterback throwing in the ball and a pretty good offense as long as their offensive line continues to hold up like it did Thursday night against the Dolphins. Okay, defense now, streaming, which I love to do. I'm actually trying to trade for a few defenses right now that have games against the Bills down the road because that's the matchup I want to exploit more than any right now in the NFL. But not right now in terms of less than 20% on. We got the Chiefs, 18%. They play at the Browns. All the coaching changes, offensive coordinator, head coach, Todd Haley gone, Hugh Jackson gone. The Chiefs don't have the greatest defense in the world, but when you put up 40 points and you force another team to press and throw the ball, turnovers might happen, and they're playing against a rookie quarterback with a whole new coaching change. I like the Chiefs to be a sneaky defensive play this week. Cowboys versus the Titans is kind of an obvious one. Any defense playing the Titans this year has put up big fantasy points. The Cowboys have a good defense. They're playing at home, primetime game, and I don't trust the Titans' offense. The Titans are currently surrendering the fourth most fantasy points per game to opposing defense with double-digit games allowed to two of their last three opponents. And that makes me lean the Cowboys in terms of who I want to pick up this week. And – Another one, and we saw this defense played pretty well last night against the Patriots. Talking about Sunday Night Football, the Buffalo Bills. I mean, they've had double digits in three out of the last five, six weeks. They're playing at home against the Chicago Bears. Trubisky, turnover prone to say the least. I think the Bills could have an opportunistic time. They're in a low-scoring, cold-weather type of game. 49ers, Raiders, which way do you want to go? I mean, it's a coin flip of which defense could produce numbers. Well, how about the, yeah, the, the, I, I would lean the Raiders because Beathard might not even play Thursday night, and he's more turnover prone than Carr is, at least right now. In the last month, the 49ers have allowed 17 sacks 
and 12 giveaways. Yeah. So I, I'll, I'll, go, I'll go with the Raiders. I don't know if I have the cojones to play the Raiders on my team, but I, I would not think twice about anyone picking them up to stream them this week. I think it's a good matchup. I try to avoid those Thursday night matchups, but, hey, I did that last week, and it burned me because I benched Fuller and Kenyon Drake. Would have won my matchup by, like, 30 points instead I lose by four. Yo, Yet I digress. Seahawks at the Chargers. Char- uh, sorry, Seahawks own an 18.8% of leagues. Their defense has actually played quite well this season, and Phillip Rivers, he's, he has those games sometimes. He throws three, four picks. I think this could be a lower-scoring game than we think, but I, I like the Cowboys the most at all these options. I said they're 13.2% owned. One defense to keep an eye out for if they're available in your, in your league is the Washington Redskins. Uh, talking about the trade deadline, they traded for Green Bay Packers safety, haha, Clinton Dix. Now, according to the ratings, the uh, I don't know if it's Pro Football Focus or ESPN, but um, uh, DJ Swearinger and HaHa Clinton Dix are now the NFL's top two rated safeties, now both on the same team, which is the Redskins. Redskins are owned in a lot of leagues. They are available in our league. I should have played them, should have, would have, could have, my man, but they've got a matchup at home against the Falcons. I think that's not as bad of a matchup as it seems on paper. Then they're at Tampa, then against the Texans, then against Cowboys. I feel like they could exploit some of these quarterback matchups. And then what I like the most is the Redskins in the fantasy playoffs, okay? And I might stash them just for this. Weeks 14, 15, and 16, Mr. Allendale, the Redskins are home to the Giants at the Jacksonville Jaguars and at the Tennessee Titans. That's why we I want that field. defense for the last three weeks of the fantasy playoffs, uh, assuming playoffs. I get into the playoffs. That, that's, I got my, I got, I'm kind of licking my chops at that. And you know what? At this point in the year, going into week nine, I might be willing to roster two defenses on my team for the rest of the year. And that's just what, what might have to happen in this case. So keep an eye out for the Redskins. I think they have may, arguably the, the, the best defense in the NFL right now from top to bottom. But people are still jaded by that Monday night football game where they were gashed by the Saints. That's the only bad game they've had on defense all year. Every other game, they have not allowed more than 21 points in any game. Okay, that, that's pretty impressive. So, okay, moving on to kicker real quick. Brett Maher, if you need a kicker and your kicker's not producing, pick this guy up. The Cowboys struggle in the red zone, but they have playmakers on offense, 7.6% owned. McManus is back at home kicking in Mile High City, 10.4% owned. Dustin Hopkins for the Redskins, another offense that struggles and stalls in the red zone, 7.8% owned. A kicker on a high-flying offense, Mike Badgley, the rookie, 1.3% owned. Uh, keep an eye on Matt Bryant's injury for the Falcons because Giorgio Tavecchio can kick the hell out of the ball. He's 2% owned. And then my deeper-than-deep DDS sleeper is Daniel Carlson, the rookie kicker who was cut by the Vikings earlier in the year, now is the new kicker for the Oakland Raiders who seem to have a rejuvenated offense. And you know those primetime games can lead to a lot of extra field goal opportunities. So he's owned in 0.8% of leagues. And then moving on, lastly, to receiver, my number one pickup of the week off waivers. Even with the Demarius Thomas trade is Kiki QT. He's battling the hamstring right now, but 18.8% owned. This guy's a burner, especially across the middle of the field, those short passes in the slot. That's exactly what Deshaun Watson needs right now. You saw him produce even with Will Fuller, even with Will Fuller in the lineup. Fuller's out for the year now. I think QT becomes a target monster outside of DeAndre Hopkins in that offense. Cortland Sutton's my number two, the rookie for Denver. The path is cleared for him to become a fantasy superstar the second half of this year. 12.2% owned, whether you're PPR or standard league. 
Number three for me, another a lot. This is the theme with wide receivers this week. There's a lot of rookie wide receivers to pick up off the waivers that have tremendous upside and potential value for the second half of the year. DJ Moore, 10.4% owned. You saw it with Torrey Smith out this past week. He had over 100 yards from scrimmage for the Panthers. They need that big play threat for North Turner's offense. I really like DJ Moore's prospects and the Carolina Panthers' fantasy schedule for their offense going forward for the rest of the year. Um, Traquan Smith, I don't know. He's on my roster now. I feel like I need to drop him in order to pick up a guy like Sutton or DJ Moore if I need to. He's 17.1% on. A lot of upside for the rookie out of UCF there. Uh, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, our boy from USF, South Florida Bulls rookie. He had a, another touchdown. He's had a touchdown in three straight games there in Rodgers. I think he's the second-best receiver in that Packers offense behind Devontae Adams. We'll see if he continues to get the opportunities. And then second-year guy, small school product, David Moore, 27 percent own. Mr. Allendale, you said you like Antonio Callaway, another rookie receiver, 11.3% own. Yeah, I like, I like everything about him. I like the team, the, the way they run the offense, so he's a good one. Are the prospects going up for the Browns now for offense now that they got rid of Todd Haley and Hugh Jackson, or do you think that matters? Because uh, their offense, the play calling was pretty questionable. Well, who's the guy in charge now? Freddie Kitchens. Boy, what's up? That's Daddy the new coach. play caller, the D.C. De- defense coordinator Greg Williams is their new head yeah, coach. Yeah, you know all about Greg Williams when he was with the Saints and I got in all that trouble for putting Bounty, Bounty Gate, excuse me, it's been a while. Well, he's not going to do much on yeah, the offensive side. Yeah, but he's a guy side, that, that turned on a lot of players. I'm surprised the players will accept him. I, I don't, I don't like, I don't like putting a defensive guy ahead of a team that that has a Baker Mayfield. I, I think that's a bad move. We'll see what this Freddie Kitchens guy can draw up in the kitchen. Can he throw the kitchen sink? Okay, enough kitchen puns for now. Two more rookie wide receivers, Michael Gallup, Cowboys. I think the outside opens up for him with another deep threat on the other side with Amari Cooper. That's only going to benefit Michael Gallup, although I just don't trust any receivers that Dak Prescott's throwing the ball to right now, a low-volume passing offense. Gallup, upside guy. I drafted him before the season started, dropped him after week one. Still not inclined to pick him up yet with too many better options out there. 8.6% owned. Josh Reynolds, if Cooper Cup... Uh, Brandon Cooks, Robert Woods, ever missed time. This guy's going to step in for the Rams. You saw him catch two touchdowns this past weekend, 1.2% owned. And then Anthony Miller, rookie receiver, first-round pick for the Bears, had a touchdown this past week, has led the team in targets the last two weeks, 8.6% owned. He's going to be high on my list of personal pickups this week. And then I'm going to give you four guys less than 1% owned. Adam Humphreys, your boy for the Buccaneers. He's been a target monster, 0.8% owned. No one wants to pick this guy up. No one wants to pick Humphreys up, well, man. Well, now that Jameis isn't playing, I, I don't know. I don't know how that's going to work out. Yeah, because he's a, he's a favorite of Jameis. His value goes a little bit down with Fitzpatrick because Fitzpatrick does a better job of getting the ball to guys like Deshaun Jackson and Mike Evans. But, you know, we'll, yeah, we'll see how that works games, out. He's averaged about 10 fantasy points yeah. a game. And that's better than what my flex has gotten many weeks this year, I'll tell you that much. So, not a sexy pick, but a solid, steady pick. Same goes for Rashad Higgins coming back off the injury. He could be the new number two to push Antonio Callaway out of the way in Cleveland. He's soon to return from an injury. I like Rashad Higgins and what he was doing before he got hurt a few weeks back. 0.6% owned. Tajay Sharp had a monster game over 100 yards receiving in the London game against the Chargers two weeks ago. Tennessee Titans slot receiver, 0.6% owned. I like him a lot as well. Could be the new favorite target for Marcus Mariota. And then how about a guy who's 0.0% owned but had six catches for over six yards this past weekend could be the new number two receiver for Andrew Luck 
and that great passing offense behind that great offensive line is Dontrell Inman. Put him on your watch list at the very least, 0.0% owned. So I gave you every position, at least five guys. With wide receiver, I gave you 10 guys, all owned in 20% or less of ESPN PPR scoring leagues. Our deeper-than-deep sleeper lineup, Josh Rosen at quarterback, Josh Adams at running back, Handcuff City, Rod Smith, John Kelly, receivers, Adam Humphreys, Rashad Higgins, Tajay Sharp, Dontrell Inman, tight end, Ed Dixon, Jordan Thomas, Dallas defense as our streamer, and then Brett Maher, the kicker. I like the Dallas defense kicker combo, especially if you're playing daily on a Monday night special this week. That wraps it up. Mr. Allendell, how did I do? You did fine. You did great. Just a word. Keep your eye on Josh Rosen. He's a man to be. Let's let's keep keep our eye on that Keenan Allen, Kenyon Drake trade and and see how that goes over these next couple weeks. Don't sleep with two guys closed. I'm just warning you. We'll see, man. We'll see. Hey, hey, I I didn't put a gun to your head to accept the trade, man. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. That's not the way I'm looking at it. All right, all right. Well, hey, man. I got duped. We're in the the thick of things. I'm I'm having my horse head delivered tomorrow night. I'm going to have to look out for that one, man. But, hey. We're halfway through officially. If you're going to be in the fantasy championship, which is week 16, we are officially halfway through the fantasy football season, three-quarters of the way through the regular season after this week, heading into week nine. Huge night of waiver claims. Put your claims in before you go to bed. Wake up early. See who you got in your team. Make some trades. Be active before the fantasy football trade deadline. And we appreciate you tuning in, as always, every single week. The Family Feud Sports Podcast, our weekly Fantasy Football, Deep Sleepers, and Waiver Wire Ads Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Dell, the Mad Journalist. Don't lose any sleep over those deep sleepers. He's high, man. He's hallucinating. Smoking that shit. He's high. I'm going to lose a lot of sleep tonight. I'm going to be checking my phone every five minutes for those waivers to go through. You heard it here first. I'm Chris Dell. He's Alan Dell. Family Feud Sports Podcast. We'll see you next time. Peace out.